Hi, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, The Daily Struggle with Michael. I am, of course, your host, Michael, and today we're going to be picking up where we left off. Now, in the last episode, I started talking to you guys about the loss of my mother and, of course, my son having brain surgery. The crazy thing is, is when my son had brain surgery, we didn't even have insurance at that point in time. I was still really young. I think I was like... I want to say about 25 or so, 24, 25, something like that. And so we didn't have any kind of insurance at all. And when they found the cyst on the left portion of his brain, um, we went to Savannah to talk to a doctor, and his name was Dr. Thompson. And I'm going to tell you, it was a blessing how God worked in that situation because we were literally in his office crying uh, at the fact that Joseph had a uh, cyst on his left portion of his brain, and it was actually causing speech impediments and causing him migraines as well. The doctor was absolutely polite. He told us, don't worry about it. I'm going to go ahead and do the surgery, and you worry about paying me later. And absolutely great experience. We got to stay at the Ronald McDonald House, and I don't know uh, if any of you have gotten a chance to stay at the Ronald McDonald House, you know, through any type of situation, but it was an, an, an amazing experience. We had a lot of people that really cared for us at that point in time. The nurses would sneak uh, chicken fingers into the room for my son and stuff like that. Uh, just little blessings, man, that, that were happening whenever he had his, his brain surgery. Now, um, of course, at this point, I done told y'all about my first divorce and then, of course, losing my mother. So after losing my mother, I was partying for about a good year or so, or real close to a year. And uh, that was a little wild thing, man. We used to have, like, cake parties and stuff like that. I had my eyebrow pierced. Went through all kinds of stages that um, I guess is typical for a teenager. So, Or not teenager, I'm sorry, mid mid 20s. Um, but I had a teenager mentality at that point in time, of course. <laughs> so anyhow, I actually met my second wife uh, close to a year after my mother had passed. And we actually met on MySpace of all places. Um, I don't know how familiar y'all y'all are with uh, MySpace, but that was the that was the place back in the day. <laughs> so anyhow, met her on there, and we got together. We moved in pretty quickly. Uh, I want to say it was less than a couple months that we actually moved in together, got an apartment. Of course, got my life together again. Started bodybuilding. Um, me and her would walk miles every day. You know, just to. Uh, Help me lose the weight because at this point in time, I, I hadn't gotten up to about 300 pounds. Of course, I was eating whatever I wanted to eat. I was overindulging in food, alcohol, just pretty much overindulging in a lot of self-destructive behavior at that point in time, um, unbeknownst to me. So not something I was paying attention to. However, uh, with her support, I did actually get the weight off and it got down to about 200 pounds. We were together for roughly six years now towards the end of that marriage um i had actually started drinking again uh it started off for like maybe once a month i'd grab a couple and it just kind of put me in a good mood and you know not stressing bills and stressing life and then of course the once a month became every couple weeks and it became every couple days, and then it became an everyday issue. And at that point in time, we were getting towards the end of our marriage, and there was a lot of uh, arguing, and you know, we didn't really get along very well at the end of that relationship. And we actually split up. Now, 
when he, me and her split up, of course, she had two daughters at the time, and my son, and we'd all been a part of each other's lives for six years. Now, the relationship ended, and it ended pretty rough, and, you know, my son didn't get to see his sisters, sisters didn't get to see, you know, their uh, stepbrother and stuff like that, so took a lot out of me. I moved back to my hometown and lived probably about a good 10 minutes away from my, my father at that point in time. So it's crazy how life works because I was literally, you know, at this point, I started drinking pretty heavily and smoking cigarettes, which um, I don't know about you guys, but it's very hard for me to do anything if I smoke. I, get, I don't even like going to the to get up to use the bathroom because it takes a lot of energy out of me. Uh, my body just doesn't like smoke. Uh, but anyhow, I was a smoker and I was a drinker uh, off and on. And it was pretty much every couple of days or so at this point. Now, I got an apartment. I had, uh, I had a canine with me, uh, which was my, my buddy. He was my best friend. And uh, it was part of my job. I had worked for airport at this time as a canine handler. And so he got to live with me, which uh, which did help. I'm not gonna lie. Now at this point in time, my son he used to come over, and it was every other weekend. Now I would look forward to seeing him, and it's amazing because like when I would get him, my house was filled with joy, laughter. We would crack up. I would feel so much love, and I just had so much with him. And then he would go on Sunday, and it would be quiet. And as soon as it got quiet, all I could think to do was run to the store to get more alcohol. So I can silence, so I can get rid of that, that feeling of loneliness and depression. And, and the fact that I don't have him with me every single day, it was very devastating for me to not have my son every single day. Um, so the drinking got a little heavier. Now, after about six months or so, I was at the airport one day, and I was doing my job. My father calls, and I'm sitting there talking to him. And it was funny because, you know, at this point in time, I was spending money I didn't have because I had an alcohol problem on top of the bills that I had to take care of. And so, of course, my credit score at this point in time was definitely going down, and it just wasn't looking good for me. My father and I had talked that day in specific about doing bankruptcy and we were cracking up laughing and he was telling me how he just did his bankruptcy and how he felt so relieved because you know he was stressing bills in his car and uh, just a lot going on my father was a welder and uh, you know he just had a lot of things that he was stressing and he was telling me how this helped him so me I was like you know what I'm gonna really consider doing this and so I thought about it that day and I went home that night I drank I wound up falling asleep. I think it was probably about 9, 10 o'clock at night. And my phone starts ringing about 3, 3 o'clock in the morning. My brother gets on the phone, and he's like, Dad, it's not breathing. Of course, at this point in time, I'm very confused as to what's going on because, one, I was drunk and I had woken up. Two, I had not had any sleep. Um, so I was still kind of confused as to what was going on. So I get in my patrol car and I'm heading over to my, my father's house because my little brother at the time lived with my father. And I'm on my way over there and I call him back and I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on? And he was telling me that he was on the couch and he heard dad make a very loud gurgling type noise in the bedroom 
like a very weird, very loud breathing noise in the bedroom. And he went to check on me. He said that he was sitting up and he couldn't breathe. He couldn't do anything, but just look at my little brother. And so my little brother um, was trying to help him. He called 911, trying to do CPR on my father. Apparently, dad had a massive heart attack. Uh, my little brother laid him down on the floor. And he waited for you know, for me to get there. So I get there. My stepfather's there. And the only thing I can think of is to try to protect my little brother. And I, so I told my little brother that I would take care of everything. Don't worry about it. I'll contact the family and let them know exactly what's going on. So I wind up, you know, of course, contacting everybody out of state, letting everybody know exactly what was going on with my father, you know, passing. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, this was pretty much the, the cherry on top as far as uh, devastation for me because between 2009 and 2016, I had actually lost 11 family members, which was aunts, uncles, and grandparents. Dad died in 2016, a week before Christmas. He had actually just bought everything to make a lasagna for Christmas. So all these thoughts were going through my head. His alarm clock was going off for him to get up for work as I was there. All this stuff was... It just, I was devastated. I was completely devastated. I have not felt um, something of that nature in my entire life. So when dad passed and once the funeral came, we actually got, uh, we actually got through the funeral and everything like that. Dad had a life insurance policy. So I got $10,000. My little brother got $10,000. And this was pretty much the last, the last moments before I became a full-blown alcoholic. I took uh, once I got the money, I got some rims for my car, and I took my son, and me and him went to Disney World. I wanted to have one vacation with just me and my son, with nobody involved, um, because he had took he did, he had taken it extremely hard. And so we went to Disney World, me and my little buddy, and on the way to Disney World, I told him that we had absolutely no rules, that we were going to do whatever we wanted. Absolutely best vacation that I've ever been on, hands down. It was amazing. He still talks about it to this day. I still think about it to this day. And, uh, you know, after the vacation and then my son going home, I think everything kind of set in. Once nobody was calling me, once nobody was checking in on me, once I was in the apartment by myself, and I realized how utterly alone I was, that I couldn't even call my parents to talk to them. I couldn't ask for advice. I couldn't, you know, nothing. This is when drinking became really heavy for me. I started drinking, I want to say, eight or nine Bud Light Platinums, and they were 24-ounce, big, tall cans. And this was including, like, um, Four Locos and everything. Whatever I could to shut me down, I started doing it. Got to a point where I couldn't even take care of the canine that I had for the job that I had. And at the point in time, I didn't realize how important having that kind of career was to me because the loss of my parents at that point in time was the only thing that I realized that I the only thing that mattered to me at that point in time, I, I saw my mother stress bills, and then when she died, she was still getting electric bills and stuff like that. I saw my father stressing bills and stuff like that and not taking 
uh, going to vacations and doing things for himself that he really wanted to do because he was stressing bills all the time, and yet the bills were still coming. So these were all things that I was noticing. And once I had lost my father and I had gotten to a point where I couldn't take care of the canine anymore. I'm not going to lie, the airport was absolutely amazing. They really wanted to try to help me out, but at this point in time, I think I was beyond help. I walked the canine into my boss's office, and I told him that I couldn't do this anymore. After I had walked him into the office, and I got to say goodbye to my canine, everything went downhill. I think that was probably the last bit of anything I loved at that point in time that was gone. So, the drinking became heavier. And I ended up losing my, you know, my career, of course, um, and rightfully so. You know, I, I wasn't in no shape to do my my duty to do my job the way that I, uh, the way that I should have, of course. So I do take responsibility in that matter. Now, over the next four years, um, the drinking became heavier. You know, and it's amazing how when you're going down the wrong road, how the devil will supply you with everything you need to destroy yourself. I was broke a lot of times, but somehow found money or found people that would give me what I wanted. And it's amazing how that works. Because <laughs> when you start doing the right thing and you got your life in order, um, you got you to figure it out. You know, you got to figure out how to get things accomplished and stuff like that. It's not, it's not as easy, but it is worth it, of course. Anyhow, so I started drinking, started going through relationships, uh, things of that nature. I think I, at this point in time, I was trying to cling to somebody to love, somebody to love me back because I was looking for that kind of love that I got from my parents that I didn't have anymore. And then, of course, after failed divorces, that was just another thing that, you know, I felt like I had lost and I didn't want to lose anything else. The funny thing is, though, however, is that, you know, with alcohol, once too many in a thousand is never enough. Every time you pick up a bottle, it's going to take something from you. And I, I, I distinctly recall asking the bottle numerous times, uh, picking it up, what are you going to take from me today? And, you know, it's really powerful when I look back now and realize where my headspace was, because every time I picked it up, I'd have to be willing to lose something. And course it took something from me every single time now because i was so selfish at this point in time and i was looking into relationships to fill the void that i of course couldn't have uh filled i was not understanding or even paying attention to the fact that i was denying my son he was losing his father i wasn't showing up for games i wasn't showing up for a lot of things in his life that were extremely important to him especially at his age, I had no idea. I was so busy trying to find a, a woman to love, to love me back, to to hold me while I was crying. I didn't want my son seeing, you know, of course, seeing these things. And so in my mind, I felt like I was protecting him. But in reality, I was hurting him. And I couldn't understand that back then. And that's the thing about addiction. You know, when you're in addiction, you kind of get into this mind frame of everything that's been happening to you and everything that's that's going on with you that you don't really take the, the time to realize it's not always about you. I never even taken into consideration the fact of what it did to my brother to lose both the parents. Never really asked him. And as I'm getting older now, and I'll be 40 this year, but as I'm getting older now, I'm starting to realize the importance of things. I'm starting to realize how important 
you know, these situations are and the impact that they have on the people around them. But I was so selfish uh, with my feelings and how I felt that I com- I was completely oblivious to the people around me and the people that cared and the people that really did love me. Now, I am very fortunate now, of course, to have people, you know, in my, my corner that love me very much. And so it is definitely a blessing. Now, I do want to um, talk about, you know, some of the effects that alcohol had done. Now, if you are an addict, I'm pretty sure you're aware of how your emotions go, right? It's, it's amazing how, and they call it spirits for a reason, <laughs> you know, and it's amazing how when you start allowing these things into your body, the kind of moods that you go through, you know, I would go th- from being angry to depressed um, I would be crying, I would be uh, lustful, um, just all kinds of just, I remember like laughing one minute and crying the next and being like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a nutcase at this point. Um, but I remember going through these things and I remember crying about a lot of the things that were going on in my life. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, when it comes down to being an addict, I want you to definitely look inside yourself and find out what characteristics or what things have happened to you as you've been growing up, you know, and these could be things from when you're a child, you know, because a lot of things happen when you're a child that I don't think people realize that become uh, characteristical issues as they, as they grow up. You know, for instance, uh, I remember being screamed at all the time if I said anything and I remember being told shut up when the, when the adults are speaking and stuff like that. And I remember how mad I used to get at being told you're stupid, shut up, you know, stuff like that, that at that point in time as a kid, I was angry and I was like, and eventually I got over it. But as an adult, these things resurface, you know, and they start, they start causing a lot of issues, especially anger. I'm still dealing with anger issues and being somebody that has anxiety attacks and somebody that has high blood pressure, anger serves no purpose in my life at this point. Anger is also something else that is very destructive, but it's still not easy. Pride is a very hard thing to to get rid of. And, you know, I still fight with that every now and then. Of course, these are all things that I've carried over from whenever I was a child. So this is why I suggest to you to try to figure out some of the things that bother you, some of the things that upset you. Like my son now, he's 17 years old, and he has anger issues, but it's because he doesn't speak. He holds things in, and I was like that for a very long time, too. Now, of course, it's you start realizing things as you get older, and these are some of the things that I'm starting to realize now. Now, what I am going to do, though, is I am going to go ahead and cut this episode, um, and then I'll start getting into you know, some of the things that I did while I was... Uh, an alcoholic and you know some of the relationships and stuff like that and and the bridges that have burned you know in my alcoholism so I want to tell you guys thank you for stopping in and listening to this podcast and I can't wait to produce the next one and I can't wait for you guys to join me so I haven't said that I hope you guys have a blessed night